when the connection kind of breaks, when there's tension, I always feel that that's our children's way of, of telling us something about ourselves, right? So that's why I always say they're my biggest teachers. Welcome to the Real Life Parents, Real Life Answers podcast with Sean and Jasmine Turner and sponsored by ParentEQ.com. Welcome to this episode of Real Life Parents, Real Life Answers. This time you get to hear from Sean who interviews a real life parent who is actually also a podcast host. Her name is Bianca Hagen and she has the Mama Yogi Bear podcast, which I don't know if you can tell from the title, is all about bringing your children out into the outdoors, out into the wild and unschooling, which are all things she feels very, very passionately about. Not only does Bianca explain a little bit about these movements and why she incorporates them into her parenting, but she also comes to Sean with a little bit of an issue. And of course, we always like to have parents come through with their authentic, you know, real life issues so you guys can see us walk through them in real time. And the issue that Bianca comes to Sean with is basically the fact that she feels so passionately you know, about getting her kids outdoors, experiencing in the outdoors, but she's finding with some of her children that they don't always want what she wants. And so there's kind of some conflict there. And so she and Sean end up talking a little bit about how to sort of step back sometimes and allow your child to develop a sense of independence. So if you are clashing with any of your children right now about anything, maybe that power struggle is happening in your home, I know that this podcast episode is going to be just for you. It has some really great tips on how to, what that looks like, how to prevent you from becoming like too much of a helicopter or overbearing parent, but still incorporate some kind of structure and allowing your child to also develop that independence in a healthy way. Before we actually get into the podcast, I do want to remind you that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate a subscription if you could subscribe to the podcast and also leave a review and a rating. All of those things are much appreciated. They also help other people find us who need a little dose of real life parenting that we provide. We can also be found on Instagram and Facebook and at our website pareneq.com if you happen to be needing a little extra help in the parenting Uh, field and the parenting issues, then please reach out because we do actually do one-on-one parent coaching and that can be scheduled through the website. And sometimes all it takes is just one session for you to kind of get everything lined up and then it's just clear sailing after that for people. So I find that just a little tiny tweak here and there can really help as we coach parents. Without any further ado, I'd like to go ahead and head into the episode now. So here are Sean and Bianca. All right, Bianca, thanks for joining us. Why don't you give us a little bit of uh, background on who you are and some history, and uh, then we can kind of just move forward. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on your show it's really great. You know, I'm a fellow podcaster and it's really nice to be on the other side of the microphone for once. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Bianca. 
uh, Bianca Hagen. I live in Virginia with my three kids and my husband. And um, over when COVID hit our shores, we decided to move full time to our cabin in the woods. So we went from a suburban living, you know, the typical suburban living to living in the country with our kids. And we were moving in that direction, but COVID really accelerated things uh, very rapidly. And so we've been living here ever since. Um, and it's been really great. We're really big on uh, exposing our children to nature. Uh, we are we follow the like the wild schooling movement. I don't know if you've heard of it, but you know, just kind of bringing kids back to nature. Uh, I, I read a book that was very transformational for me. It's called uh, Last Child in the Woods uh, by Richard Louvre and talked about basically the kind of the extinction of children playing in the woods. We just don't see that anymore. Kids lives are very structured and they go from one activity to the next and one adult led activity to the next. And so I'm really big about, you know, allowing kids to be kids to enjoy their childhood and enjoy their childhood outside without uh, over parenting or helicopter parenting. Cause you know, my default when I had kids was to be a helicopter parent, like most people in our generation are. But, you know, I've just read a lot of books on kind of stepping back and letting kids be their kids. And so now I'm also an unschooling mom. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated about our species biological norms and what that looks like in terms of parenting, in terms of nurturing the child, in terms of what children need, in terms of what humans need of all ages. And so, yeah, I'm always looking at different aspects of that. So, wow, that is so that's so neat. So you took the plunge. You jumped right into it. You had the ideas because I think a lot of us do, right? We all have this vision of what we really want, but then societal norms, you know, traditional norms, value or uh, expectations hinder us from doing that. So here's my question is, where were you on your journey of this is going to be a reality or this is just something you really want to do? When did that shift and then what was it like just jumping into it and doing it? Yeah, well, I, I think COVID, you know, definitely accelerated it. You know, I realized I have asthma and I, I am one of the high risk, you know, people. So, uh, but, you know, and we lived in this neighborhood. We were very fortunate that we knew all our neighbors. So we had this great community, which was huge for me because part of our biological norms is to have a community around us, you know, neighbors that you can count on. And we had that, but with COVID that made things kind of impossible with me being high risk. And so uh, it, it was something that was happening over years. You know, I, I've just happened to love reading. So I read a lot of books on parenting, on, on whatever interests me, but you know, it was something that was kind of moving in that direction, but COVID really like, you know, cause we, we, we came here one week and then COVID hit and then I thought, oh my gosh, I can't go back home. How am I gonna keep my kids away from their friends? <laughs> you know, they're not gonna wear a mask. So we just stayed here and and this is our new reality. So wow. really, really changed completely. So that, it sounds like that's kind of your personality. You had that value instilled in you when you were younger. It's been in, in you for your entire life. It's who you really are, someone who, maybe takes risks or do you see them as risks and jump into it or where's the struggle is there a struggle there 
No, absolutely not. Because I, you know, it's funny. I just had an interview on my podcast and this person was saying how they always like, they've always questioned convention and conventional wisdom. And, you know, and that made me think like, gosh, I've always been that way. I've always, I, I've never wanted to go like the mainstream path. Cause I felt like just because everybody's doing it, it's not necessarily the right the right way. And that was very, became very apparent to me when I had my first child and mainstream parenting advice was put your kid, put your baby in, in the crib, in their own room, you know, wake up 5 million times a night to feed them, put them back. And I was just absolutely exhausted. And I started reading, you know, books on attachment theory, which is not necessarily attachment parenting, it's attachment theory. Um, and they were saying how, you know, we're, we're mammals, you know, the human infant is meant to be close to their mother. And, you know, what are some of the ways that I can maintain that natural connection, you know, at nighttime, um, you know, that humans have been doing for a million, you know, thousands and thousands of years, but also be safe, you know, so it just led to the whole area of like co-sleeping and things. And once I started applying these biological norms to my baby and me, life got easy. It became beautiful. I slept, the baby slept, obviously taking, you know, the, the, the they call it the safe, um, seven safe sleep, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but there's like seven rules to safe co-sleeping and we don't talk enough about that, but, um, so yeah, I just transformed it. And from there, I just started looking at everything else, you know, everything else in life. What's our, what are our other biological norms that I'm missing out there? You know? Right. So, you know, we, we grew up, I, at least I did. And I know a lot of people out there have that, that kind of thing that you're talking about was so, it was almost frowned upon because the, and, and there's a lot of historical, you know, societal expectation or what I look at it as like psychological learning or experimenting, but it went weird. It's like, don't breastfeed back in like the seventies and eighties, but it's like, wait a second. What? And I know there's probably different factors involved and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's, I love it that we're, hopefully that we are kind of all together as, as a, at least a movement to move outside of that. Cause I know a lot of, a lot of people are looking at this and going, wait a minute, can I do these things? Do I have permission to go outside of? And so more people do it. It gives us, it gives us permission. Do you, do you know? So a little bit about my journey. I was a, a I grew up on a farm, rural America, right? The, the dirt is my, my second home. <laughs> I, I, love, I probably will end up there yeah. one day. <laughs> and, then, and then I became a teacher, and I was a teacher for about uh, 10 years in the public school system. And then I did about, we did about five to eight years in the private, kind of swung all the way over. And now I'm absolutely in into like the whole unschooling movement because of so much pressure. Anyway, so I moved out of even that and went into the psychology and Right now, I'm a, a therapist part-time. I actually don't even do it full-time. But what I'm seeing is there definitely needs to be a shift or almost like a permission to shift. One of the things I like to do is look at who we are as individuals and then use that to propel us in that direction so we don't move in our move against kind of the grain we flow with the grain that's why i asked you if you were that type of person 
to go kind of against the status quo. And there's a lot of people that are like that, but there are a lot of people who are a little bit opposite. They're like, no, I have to go with the status quo. And it causes too much anxiety to, to break out of that. So how do I find the norm in it, but then at the same time, not, you know, stay away from the, the society. So anyway, so I, I like to use the Enneagram. I don't know if you've heard of the Enneagram. It's a personality profiling system, kind of like the love languages, kind of like the color codes, kind of like the Myers-Briggs. Most of those come from the Enneagram. It's sort of one of the oldest ones. Um, the, those have kind of sprouted from it. But I could tell kind of your personality already <laughs> from you, you talking. Absolutely. And, um, and the idea here is to learn our kind of core values. I call them preferences, things that we prefer, because I don't want to lock us in. I don't want to or cause more anxiety of labeling or whatever, you know, that kind of a, a, an outlook. So my question to you is, where on your journey did you figure out this is who you are? And then have you had, has, has it been difficult with, the, with breaking out of that against societal norms? I mean, or was it just really easy? Like, I don't care, forget them, you know, let's just move on. Yeah, that's a really good question because it was an evolution, right? It didn't, it, for me, absolutely did not happen like, you know, oh, I'm just going to like break through this and whatever. I don't care anymore what other people think. You know, I was very mainstream up until I had children. You know, I had a corporate job, the nine to five, you know, everything I did was very mainstream. And even the way that I thought I was going to parent my children, I thought like, oh no, my kids are going to, you know, stand in line and obey me. And, you know, right. And of course I had kids and everything, you know, <laughs> yeah. So was it a struggle that, that reframing or realization, or did you just go with the, that flow of the changing? It, it was kind of gradual. And I think the world of unschooling really opened my mind to different possibilities, just understanding how children naturally learn, how they are open to new things and, you know, they don't have an agenda. And I think I just opened up my mind to different possibilities and, you know, and, but it definitely was a gradual shift. I wouldn't say that I, cause I have friends like that who just, you know, they're in their twenties and they already know exactly, you know, I really admire them cause it took me about 20 years to get to this point where, you know, I also used to call myself like a, you know, closeted unschooler, it was very hard for me to come out and say like, oh, we unschool and I'm proud of it <laughs> because it's so against the, the, the norm, you know, like you don't have a curriculum for your children. You don't sit down and teach them math or reading, you know, at first, even for me, it was kind of shocking because my dad has a PhD in education. So you can imagine, <laughs> you can imagine like how hard <laughs> it was for me to ha come to these realizations. But but once I did, and the more I observed my children, and like I said, like the more I understood about our biological norms, the more I became very convinced that, you know, we're, we're on the right path and there's no going back unless my children decide they want to go to school. And that's where the conscious parenting part comes in, like respecting the child's decisions. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and then giving them ownership, but then also being able to process their experience. So... So they can see it for a bigger, a bigger, um, more value or a big, a bigger experience. Cause, cause some people will say, 
Well, yeah, the, the child doesn't know what they really truly want. Absolutely, they don't know. That's why we're there to help guide them and process through what their decision is. Because we have a, a 10-year-old right now, and he's a social kid. We homeschool. We, we, do, we do kind of all the things. <laughs> and I know that's what he wants. He asked me actually just the other day or last week, can I, can I try? Or he was something, something like, why don't we go to school? Or can I try it out? And I was like, okay, just think about that for a while. Because my first reaction was, <laughs> ah! You know, he's actually our, I mean, uh, we don't have best kids, but he really is. He's one of those kids, like, he's the nicest. He'll do anything you ask him to. He puts up the less resistance. He is kind of in the middle, so he's one of those middle children, you know, which there's a lot, too, in birth order. There's so (laughs) so fun to watch. And I taught middle school. I know what middle school is like. And in my mind, the fear comes in of, is he emotionally ready? Not academically. I don't care about academics. Academics will, will come whenever they need to come, when, when they figure out what they want or want to do. That, that'll come. But is he ready emotionally? Where is his maturity level on understanding emotion? Does he understand relationships? Does he understand other kids and what happens you know, that fear, even for me, and I've been, we've been doing this now for a few years and my whole background is in education and psychology and I still get afraid. So I had to step back and go, okay, what are the, what are the pros and cons of if he actually did go into it? I don't have to just jump him in, you know, completely, you know, full time. Because our 13-year-old, or he's 14 now, he just turned 14, he's doing a half day of, and it's most, mostly it's music. You know, he has a, a band and jazz band and maybe a math and a science class, and then he comes home by 1130. So he does kind of a half day type thing. So, and then we have our twins who are younger, and they, they go see kind of a, a preschool, homeschool person around the block and it's basically just them and 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 her two children and so so it's very unstructured but even for me it i had that fear so that's a real thing that parents have is this fear that if they don't get put into the traditional system their child's going to be you know messed up or they're going to lose out and then on the other end if they have children who and they're in the unschooling movement or whatever it is and they do want to participate there's that fear so so that's what interested me was how do we deal with this fear because it's it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on it's always going to be there that's why I asked a couple of the questions about like how did you do it what what did you do to get through it and over it are there still any fears that you kind of uh, are working through with your children. A lot of the listeners do want to know that because there are some out there going, how do I do it? How do I do it? What do I do? And I'm so afraid that something's going to happen. Yes, yes. No, I think that's where uh, conscious parenting comes in for me big time because I've always been big on unschooling, big on wild schooling. And I saw myself forcing my kids to go go to the woods and play. And, you know, cause in my mind, all the books I read said, oh, 
you know, this is for you guys. You guys love this. I mean, you were born for this, but my kids were telling me, mom, I want to stay home and I want to be like doing something else. Like, I don't really don't feel like going into the woods. But then I was like, no, you must go because I know this is good for you. But then conscious parenting came in and said, you know, you have fears, you have your own triggers, you have your own like, you know, baggage, because we all do. And, you know, you have to look more within yourself rather than try to change your child's behavior. Your, your child is raising a mirror back at you so that you can look at what you're doing. Because when there's no, when the connection kind of breaks, when there's tension, I always feel that that's our children's way of, of telling us something about ourselves, right? So that's why I always say they're my biggest teachers. So, so yeah, for me, that's my, I have that fear of my kid wanting to go to school because I, I know what it's structured like. It goes against everything that I'm passionate about. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm passionate about them being educated and being exposed to everything. And that's why homeschooling became really big for us because we wanted to show them the world as opposed to, you know, uh, like a school room with, uh, you know, age segregated classrooms and things like that. I want them to navigate the world and, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have that fear, but then I also have like the conscious parenting part telling me like, you have to respect your child. They're on their own journey. And yes, you have wisdom to pass on to them with your experience, but you also have to respect them as a person and, I've, you know, this is not as easy as I'm saying it is just because I read these books doesn't make me, you know, an expert on this. Right. I still struggle. And, you know, especially my right. oldest, she's very strong willed. She's been my biggest teacher. I always say this. And the reason why I always read these books, because I need help. Um, but yeah, you know, we were talking about like pain points and stuff. For me, one of them definitely is re reconciling the unschooling conscious parenting part of respecting the child where they are with uh, my, my thing that I love being in nature and I want them to be in nature, you know? And then that struggle, like yesterday, there's a beautiful creek behind our house and I was there with my three-year-old and she was having fun. And I was thinking, where, where are my other two kids? They should be here. So I went and grabbed them and they came and they saw and they stayed, but then they were like, okay, mommy, I think we're gonna go back up. And I'm just like, oh, this is a creek. <laughs> Why aren't you enjoying this? <laughs> like, uh. So yeah, that is definitely my pain point. Something like it's hard for me to get over. <laughs> right. Well, one of the things I think you hit right the nail on the head, because the more that I go through life and observe, I'm an observer and watcher, right? Is the difference between knowing what they want and what we're trying to, and I'll say it, push on them. You use the word force, right? Push on them, force on them, because that's what we do as parents because we're so afraid. So one of the things that I look at is what do I want my child to do? And is it a want because of fear, based on fear or is it a want because of it's based on what they want and we both want and what we both value or what we value as a family or as a parent or whatever it is. So one of the major, the, one of the key points is to look at and go, okay, am I acting out of fear? Am I acting out of fear? And so for all of our listeners and all of us and us as well, 
one of the things to do is to ask yourself, okay, and what am I afraid of? How am I afraid of this? Looking at the, the fear aspect of it, because that's, that's the part of it that drives so much of, you know, your normal, <laughs> normal parenting or normal society. It actually does. And so that's why I, I asked some of those questions is like, how did you get over it? And you, you kind of hit, hit it there as you, you look at yourself and you go, okay, what, what is it that I'm really wanting in this conscious parenting? I think that's kind of the basics of it is knowing what you want, what they want, becoming more aware of what we're, I actually like to use these, these words. I don't like to water things down. What am I forcing my children to do? Sometimes there is, there does need to be compliance. Sometimes there does need to be, well, this is just what we're doing given whatever situation, but definitely opening up our minds to more flexibility, more openness. I mean, that's one of the big five character traits that can really like improve all of our lives is our ability or our level of openness to what comes at us in life. And, and, and like you said, too, we teach, you know, we teach our kids to do the same things, you know, what, basically what we're doing just by modeling it or just or or overreacting reacting to whatever situation they're the mirror right they're our teacher and and knowing that they're going to grow up and they're going to do some of the same things or not or kind of go on their own journey how old did you say your kids were and what are their are they boys girls yes i have a almost four-year-old girl uh almost six-year-old boy and a seven-year-old girl Nice. Yeah, very close nice. in age. <laughs> so I can imagine that you've sort of structured and figured some things out now. What are you doing to look forward to those teenager years or those years where they're getting to be more, more independent on what they want to do? What are you doing to prepare yourself for that, or maybe you're not, which is perfectly fine too. And you're just living in the moment in the now, which is absolutely important as well. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of what happens in the teenage years is it's like an accumulation, you know, of parents always telling the kids what they need to do and not giving them the freedom to be themselves and grow into themselves because we always, you know, have this agenda with them. Well, you must do this or you must do that. And, and a big part of me preparing myself for those years is trying my best to accept who they are and you know kind of navigating within our boundaries because we have boundaries it's not like my kids can do whatever they want but giving them a lot of freedom within those boundaries so that when they get to the teenage years they don't become the rebellious teenagers who you know because now like now they find themselves I'm almost an adult I have a voice yet you've never let me have that voice and here mm -hmm. I am lashing out at you and you know mm -hmm. I saw that a lot with my friends and a, a bit of that with me but I always had a very close relationship with my mother especially so she'll always tell everyone that I was I was never a rebellious child and I think it was because she she respected me and taught me what you know um, she treated me with respect for the most part. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I didn't feel like I had to be that rebellious person. Although, you know, to tell you the truth, my husband and I 
we're always worried about our oldest because she's very strong willed and no matter what we do for her conscious parenting or not, <laughs> she has a rebellious streak. And, you know, that's why I say like, she kind of pushes my limits even at seven, you know? And so I really work hard with her so that I don't become that, you know, that parent that's just like, oh, like in her face, overbearing. overbearing yes. Uh, because that, that could be my tendency. Like, wait a minute, I can't really control you. So here I come, you know? Right. Right. So what are, what are some of the things that you're doing? I mean, I like absolutely the foundational piece is awareness to be able to step back and go, okay, what's happening in the situation? What's going on? What's the, what are the next couple things that you're implementing to help yourself now obviously I know we're not all perfect I mean right we, we say these things and we're, we talk all about them but you know it it, it happens we're no no one's perfect but what are some of the things that are on your radar right now for doing so that we can give to the listeners to go because there's somebody out there going oh that's that's me but what what can I do I I'm slowly becoming more aware and I'm seeing it but now what's that next step especially with your child who is that independent? Well, I'm honestly stepping back. I'm not being overbearing. I'm not being the helicopter parent that my default is. For example, you know, I talk a lot about risky play and how we always like step, step in and prevent our kids from doing things because we're so afraid. And part of risky play is the kid going on long walks and, you know, <laughs> distance walks and coming back. And that doesn't happen anymore. A lot of that is you know that me stepping back involves that because my my kid likes to go on walks sometimes not all the time but sometimes she'll just go off in the woods and and for me i'm like oh my gosh you're seven you're in the woods by yourself uh, but you know I, I have to step back and allow her to take these independent steps because by the time she becomes a teenager she will gradually have matured to the point where she can actually do that i think in today's society we just protect our kids so much. We just do everything for them so much, you know, that we don't, uh, we don't give them that space to naturally mature and develop to a point where they can actually become functional adults by the time they go to college, right? So for me, it's a lot of, you know, just letting her, like we're in a shop, she goes and talks to the clerk. I don't do the talking for her. She, you know, she wants to buy something or ask for something. And now she knows she would, you know, before have me go up with her, but I, I would always tell her, you can go, go ask her, don't, you're fine. And now she just goes and, and the clerks are more than happy to help her, you know, walking around. And, and I, I don't subscribe to this fear that we have in the society that my kid is going to get be kidnapped. I can't, I always have to keep my eye on her because statistically it's actually not correct at all. <laughs> We're, we live in the safest time in human history in terms of kidnapping and abductions and things, but the media just twists things to make us so fearful stepping back. So for me, a big thing is like giving them their space. I mean, I keep an eye on them, of course, right, right, of but course. you know, but I make them think that I'm not around, you know, like absolutely, <laughs> I'm not that available you know, all the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's my part of, of ensuring that they become functional adults and not only not rebellious, but also capable adults. Wow, that episode was so amazing. And their and their chat was longer and I actually split it into two portions and I'm going to publish the other one. 
later on. But wow, there are so many takeaways I got from this episode. One of them was what Bianca talked about, how your children are like holding up a mirror to yourself. I just absolutely love that concept because they really do kind of expose some of our weaknesses. They're training us in a way as much as we're training them and helping us as much as we're helping them. And I really like how Sean approaches the idea of encouraging our children to be independent and how to how to just deal with that because it can be really hard sometimes. And as you heard Sean, he's always very authentic and vulnerable and talks about how we ourselves also have struggles. It's not like we're always completely consciously parenting intentionally. We all have our moments. So I hope you I hope you know that. And I hope you give yourself some grace in that area. In addition, I just want to add in something that is a really fun thing that we're doing now. And that is I in particular am on Clubhouse, which is an app. It's a social, it's an audio app. So it's only, you'd only hear on it. You don't see, it's not like you see faces. Uh, and it's only on iPhone right now. It's going to be released to Android soon. But what I have on there are several different rooms. I'm, you form clubs on Clubhouse. And right now, I founded the Motherhood Collective Club. So if you're on Clubhouse, feel free to jump on and follow the club. And when you do that, you can also check out our website, which is motherhoodcollectiveclub.com, where we publish our weekly schedule. So it's really cool because you get to come into these rooms, they're called, and hear these discussions about really awesome parenting topics. And there are several every week. I have a team of moms who is helping me put these rooms on and then you can actually come in and ask questions. It's almost like a Q&A sometimes and moms get up there and share tips. So if you need an invite to Clubhouse because it is an invite only app right now, it's in beta and they are worried about like letting everybody have access to it. So they are slowly releasing these invites. I do have some extra invites and I can send that to you. So please reach out if you would like an invite to Clubhouse. Again, you have to have an iPhone. I'm very sorry at this time. But I'm on there several times a week chatting with other moms, sharing ideas, uh, learning from different people who are experts in different areas. And it is just an amazing way to connect so you don't feel so alone in your parenting journey. Again, make sure you check out the show notes so you can find Bianca on social media and on her website and on her podcast. Give her a follow as well. We're so appreciative that she was able to come on to our podcast and we look forward to working with her again in the future. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to this episode. And here's to authentic and intentional parenting. We'll see you later. Last but not least, the advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional.